Underground. I'm trying to get my TV shows thing up pretty, pretty nicely. I love how much you have, man. Thanks. How big is your storage that you put all this on? Four terabytes. All right, guys. That's the alarm. That's the alarm that says talking about <laughs> sharing your, your home media libraries using whatever this Plex is. That's the end. Okay. All right. Fine, John. And that's how we begin. <laughs> movie Schmovie. Episode 139 of the Movie Schmovie podcast. This is a big deal. For this is a big deal. You know, I made cookies tonight, guys. You, you made? Uh, I was wondering what you were doing with that <laughs> plate of three cookies. Little oatmeal chocolate chip cookies here. Okay. Can I take one? Yeah, everybody have one. Well, thank you, man. It's very kind of you. It was very nice. Now, what's so special about tonight? Why would a, why would a motherfucker make cookies tonight? Because we're part of an exclusive team. Right. <laughs> you probably yeah. were listening to the beginning of last podcast you say what the what the fuck is that sound yeah, if you were if you're a long time listener you heard something before our distinctive theme music that uh might be a legal matter of its own one day mm-hmm. but um no you don't think so <laughs> <laughs> who knows i just like to say fair use i think yeah. i understand it right, i think right. you're on to something there but yeah it's our this is our first episode recorded since we know that we are on the thunder grunt uh, podcast network which this is a, a local podcast network but i guess there's really nothing local about podcasts we're worldwide exactly so now we're worldwide along with a lot of other podcasts that happen to be from this area there does Mm. seem to be a focus on on baltimore based podcasts but Mm -hmm. i think that's kind of what you do you you typically you approach the people you know sure so you're probably asking yourself what's the difference we're still the same. We're there's, still the same old, old guys. There's yeah. really no difference. What I think is really funny is that Bob Rose, who was our guest on the last episode of Movie Schmovie, mm-hmm. um, who has a podcast on the Thundergrunt Network and is sort of connected in, in founding that, I believe, or at least was part of that, that group that, that put it together. Um, he had said something to us that night about how his podcast, which is also a movie podcast bonus disc, that that's more of a comedy podcast and that they were interested in us because we're more of like a straightforward film podcast, you know, like more of a thoughtful, serious film podcast. Mm -hmm. And then the episode that we released with him on it, we we spent, I mean, really, I was amazed that we managed to spend a solid 10 minutes (laughs) talking about farts and uh, punching people in the dick and uh, kids falling (laughs) Falling down. Yeah, Yeah, that, that was a, it was a, so I hope that anybody... Who was you know anybody who was under the impression that Thundergrunt just added a more a serious-minded film podcast? You're wrong. We have completely failed. <laughs> were, they were way off. I hope no one at the network, no one at the network, heard like a sad trombone sound as they listened to our our first episode. Hope not. The thing is, I don't want Bob to blame himself. Bob, if you're listening, that had nothing to do with you. That would have uh, probably happened. <laughs> that would have, yeah. anyway. John, these cookies are good. They're good, man. I believe these are Duncan Hines with a little bit of uh, my special secret, which means a dash of vanilla. Okay. Yeah. I like that, man. That's Thank how you. I feel like That's I'm customizing really a secret, something. Really yeah. Any, yeah. anymore. <laughs> Shit, I have told everybody. <laughs> now, now everyone else it's out worldwide, there is going to be know. making my pancakes and my cookies. Uh, but there's another thing that's special uh, about this episode, and I don't know if anybody around here knows what would be so special about episode 139 of the podcast. Um, no whammies? It's the last one before... We go to the next set of 10. 140. Back in July of uh, 2012, a certain motherfucker joined the podcast on oh. the 39th episode. Straight wow. out of Compton. So Movie Schmovie crested the century mark about 39 episodes ago, but I have episodes. I'll say that word like a person that can speak. <laughs> about thir- we about, don't use uh, that word. <laughs> about 39 episodes ago, and uh, I am now finally understanding how you guys felt when you hit 100. Yeah. Which is to say... That's unbelievable that I've actually made 100 yeah, of these with you guys. That's that exciting. means there's like approaching 200 hours, if not more already at this you point. You joined 40 in? It was episode 39. It was, yeah. the, it was the Dark Knight wow. Rises wow. in July of 2012. So that's three years and uh, 100 episodes. And that's not even counting the point five. That's nuts. Yeah. I'm happy, man. I'm glad you... I'm, I think... Seriously, man. <laughs> I think adding you is one of the best things we've ever done. Oh, I agree. Seriously, this, we have a great dynamic, man. <laughs> I think you're right. Because now I'm a, now I'm a, 
like a worldwide famous podcaster. Yeah. Yeah. You're Look seasoned. at you. Mm-hmm. Look what you've done, John. You talk about my collection, Steve. What the fuck? What? You have a lot of shit. I have a ton of shit. Hey. T- hey. Okay. <laughs> Snuck it in there. Snuck it in. We'll um, do that throughout this episode. <laughs> um, well, how's... thank you, John. Congratulations. Oh, sure. yeah, man. For a hundred. Yeah. And on to more. And many more. And it's good. It's a nice little turn of the page. We hit 100 for you, and we have a new relationship with a local network. Hopefully, yeah, benefits everybody involved. I think so. I think Hope so. so. I think it'll work out. If anything, it's at least cool that we can say like we're a part of a network. A rising tide raises all ships, Steve. Yep. I don't uh, know if that applies, <laughs> but I like I that think sense. it does. Yeah. I think it does. I agree. <laughs> so we are here to talk about films, and one thing that it, we haven't done in a while is talk about new movies. Now, this episode actually will be coming out a little bit later than we're recording it, so mm-hmm. there's a couple of new movies coming out in the next couple of weeks that we might not get a chance to talk about for a little while, but I know you guys have seen a movie that's coming out, um, well, for us, this upcoming Friday, but for people listening to this, a, a week ago. That might be our, 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 I don't know if that's our featured film, but that's definitely one that, that's coming up big. What did you guys think of uh, Trainwreck, the, the Amy Schumer... Uh, Judd Apatow collaboration. You know, it's funny. I, I only recently really... I always feel like I need to preface it with this, is that I never was into Amy Schumer. And like, in the last six months, I've watched every season of her show. I've watched a bunch of her stand-up specials on, online. And I really, really like her and her yeah. comedy. And I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan. And I think she's hilarious. And I think her show on Comedy Central is... I mean, I mean, the writing on that show is just ridiculous. Like, yeah. it is so topical and just on point And, mm-hmm. you know, finger on the pulse. It's just so freaking funny so i mean i was really stoked to see this film i thought it looked great the trailer was good love bill Hader. love her um love brie larson you know mm-hmm. and I-, I like judd apatow a lot you know i i've had issues with some of his more recent films i feel like i could just apply to most of his films is that you know i think they're too long i think they kind of lose focus not not sight but loose focus of the tone maybe because mm-hmm. i feel like you know you just experience it like hard r really raunchy really funny kind of i feel like when the first couple of films he had like really you felt like something was kind of pushing a limit a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. with how raunchy they were um but there's always a moment where i just feel like it dips into something that it doesn't need to and it's like almost like an overdramatic or melodramatic part of the movie. Mm-hmm. and do you, So you felt that way pretty consistently about his films, or do you think I feel like sometimes it works better than others? It definitely works better than others, and I think more recently, his last two or three movies, I felt like it was more on display than some of his older films. Mm-hmm. and or, or TV series, even. You know, even talking about some of like Freaks and Geeks and things like that. It worked really well in certain points, but I just feel like, you know, in, in like This is 40 and like Funny People, like just, you know, this... The last couple of movies he's had, I felt like it kind of became more of a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it still is a problem in this film. But overall, I thought it was a very funny movie. Mm-hmm. And I did really like the movie. So maybe having that fresh perspective of a screenwriter who was actually someone with a real voice and someone who, you know, like it, yeah. was, it was as much... I mean, in the same way that it seemed like uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin was sort of a collaboration with Steve Carell, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, definitely. It feels like him working with someone who's got, like, a strong comic voice, maybe it's reining him in a little bit, but Ronald did tell me the movie's still, like, two hours and five minutes long. Yeah. Which, yeah. to it me, is. I mean, we've accepted that, particularly from him, but comedies have just gotten so much longer in recent years, and then you'll uh, you'll see an old comedy sometimes, and you'll realize that it was rare that it would crack, like, 100 minutes or something. Yeah. yeah. That seems about right to me. Like, I do, do- feel like most comedies... <laughs> That are that are at that near two hour mark. At some point, I've I do go okay. I, yeah. I'm I'm no longer, you know, the movie's no longer just carrying me along. I'm kind of noticing the the drag. Yeah. But yeah. I think in this movie, uh, so I think the <clears> use <throat> of time was a lot better in this one than any of his other ones, especially the last like two or three, because the change that Amy makes, the transformation that she makes during the course of the movie, is so big mm-hmm. that if it were too short, it would be sudden. It'd be almost like uncomfortable. That you go from like wild to kind of who she becomes later on, which is, you know, kind of a dialed down version of who she was in the first act, Mm -hmm. would be really hard to watch if it was just like pretty sudden and just kind of. So I get that. I appreciate that. But two hours is long. And so I think that the hardest types of scripts to write are horror and comedy because they, they, they have more beats than like drama drama really doesn't have to have as many beats as as horror and comedy and i think that um 
It's hard to tell. I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's ever written comedy before. It's hard to have like an hour's worth of laughs, let alone two hours worth of laughs. Yeah. And the fact that it pulls off, I'd say, a hundred forty minutes of laughs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's those, it's those five that. Just that yeah, up. like a, a hour thirty minutes of laugh, a hundred, mm-hmm. a, a hour forty minutes of laughs is a pretty good feat. <laughs> Why would I say hundred forty? I don't you know, know your math for minutes to hours. Yeah, is horrible. It's horrible. A hundred forty minutes. We should make an app. No, goddamn it! What am I trying to say? Uh, an hour and a half. <laughs> That's ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Hey guys, the, let's just start this show over. Let's start this episode over. <laughs> no, this is great, man. This is this is us. The fact yeah. that it's an hour, especially because we didn't really say who we were at the beginning right. of the show. I liked it. I'm I John. Liked it. But an hour forty minutes of laughs. <laughs> who are you? Ronald. Okay, good. The one that yeah. The Matt. If you if you're unsure, just ask him to do a conversion of minutes to hours. You're right. You're right. right. Are you Steve John or Ronald? <laughs> who has the silky baritone and who yeah. has a little problem with men? <laughs> so, but, I mean, so, but people are going crazy for this film. And what do you account that for? Because you guys are sounding positive, but not like raving. What do you think it is that people are, no. are, are like are commenting on when they say this movie is, is like a, you know, a great, a great so, new thing. So the, I don't know how Steve feels about comedy lately, but the fact that not very many exist, good ones, ones of quality, it's almost like, um, since the bar is so low, something that is above average almost seems like, I don't know, mm-hmm. like a like an American classic, which is starting to be really uncomfortable, uh, actually. The fact that, like, we know comedy. We know comedy movies that we've experienced, you know, the trading places and, like, coming to Americas and Three Amigos, like, movies that were good comedies. I mean, like, whether they were the best movies, that's... but. The fact that there's a shortage of quality comedies is making movies like this and Spy almost seem like the greatest movies to ever come out in the past like four or five years. Yeah, yeah well, we were just saying it's, that. It's like, nuts. That, it's, that, it's, that, like, it's those almost, are both it's, movies that, like I was telling Steve, the, Spy and Trainwreck are both films that the critical response, word of mouth, buzz yeah. is like off the charts. Yeah. But the people I know that have seen them have both said... Or have the have, of both films, the reaction has been, oh, they were good. I liked it, you know. But no one's like frothing at the mouth. But I think in the case of both Melissa McCarthy and Amy Schumer, you have leading ladies that that there's a certain amount of groundswell behind wanting to see, like people want to see yeah. Melissa McCarthy get a good role that's not the female Chris Farley, and people want to see Amy Schumer with the momentum she's got right yeah. now. It's like perfect timing for her it's, right now. It is after yeah. like every week, Amy Schumer was like on the top of all the think pieces with some skits she yeah. had on her, on the show, and and then like the show goes off, and now she's got this big movie. It feels like kind of a, a victory lap for her almost. Yeah. But there's something there's something super distinct about what's happening with Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer, it's for lack of a better term, is becoming like white Beyonce in the way that like. There's nobody doing what she's do- quite doing. I thought I was white Beyonce. Yeah. She's a, she's a stand-up, and she's going to be writing for a while. You can tell that that's, that's a start of something. Yeah. Other Tina Fey, who is a comedic actress, which is different, mm-hmm. as opposed to a, a female comedy figure, this is right. different. Like, something's happening, like, <clears throat> where... I don't think that this is just a wave. I think that she's going to become like a staple. Well, I'm not saying that like, she's not yeah, something yeah. real. I'm just yeah, saying that right now she's definitely rise, having yeah, yeah. a moment. You know, but like, yeah, what's what's good about that too is like, if she, I mean, unless she just falls off the face of the earth, I mean, if or any, if the movie bombs, or if the movie bombs, but 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 anyway, her her like, well, it's smart counter programming this weekend with Ant Man, really, because I mean, it's yeah. like the very people who might not want to go see a superhero film are likely right. to be the people that might be in the mood for like a, a raunchy comedy. So or because whatever. of that, I think this is gonna, that's going to win. Yeah. I don't. The problem is people are sexist, and I think that it's going to be really hard to kind of have a woman lead in something that's kind of this tone, like a like a dudes. It kind of feels like. Um, the wedding was the wedding movie. The there so many wedding crashers. crashers. Yeah, it feels like that sort of tone, except with a female, and it's done in a way that's very. The problem. The problem. All right. The problem to me is that she's really. Did funny. he leave you in suspense like he did me, Steve? He yeah. said, <laughs> and the problem is it's very. Yeah. And then he just started she's a very whole new funny. sentence. She's very funny. But the raunchiness, I think that people people are reacting like this because she is both female and really good mm-hmm. and these things are kind of falling into place in a way that like it should ju- she should just be considered well i mean i'm thinking of someone else who a couple of years ago might have seemed like they were in the same position mm-hmm. and i i'm not trying to compare these two uh people just because they're both women but like sarah silverman 
yeah. had like a similar kind of pop of fame and then a show and then it was coming up but she never really like she is much more of a stand-up you know yeah. what i mean like sarah silverman is like a you know i guess a like a dyed in the wool kind of stand-up not as much of an actress like Maybe part of the thing is that with Inside Amy Schumer, we've been seeing that she's a pretty gifted, just comedic actress in those in all the sketches and stuff. So it's like, I think it's just a great, like, yeah, it doesn't take away from from her talent yeah, to yeah, say yeah, that right yeah, now definitely. people are ready to see. Like, I think people are going to be happy if the movie's good because it means she didn't have a, like a, a misstep. You know, yeah, what you're talking yeah. about her seeming like she might be around for the. For the long haul at I this think point, so. I think that like a movie that goes down well with audiences is probably a huge step in the direction of kind of cementing that, you mm-hmm. know, now, now you really are a, like a household name in a sense. Yeah, I I think that like it's it's a it's a welcome change this this movie because there's so many bad comedies that are out. I mean, I was expecting, um, I was expecting there to be more this summer comedically, and it that just wasn't. I thought Pitch Perfect Two would have been a good sort of mm-hmm. part of that conversation this summer, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been. Isn't that so. funny when a film just drops out of that conversation yeah. so quick? Like yeah, it's, you know, it's, it everybody sees it coming from a mile away, and then yeah. when it finally arrives, it's like, boo. <laughs> would you? Would you guys? Did you see Spy? No, I haven't seen. I haven't seen a lot of films in the theater recently. Oh, okay. so I might be just. I might be just asking questions tonight. Steve, I did. Yeah, I, I like Trainwreck more. I mean, I did Me like Spy. Me too. I just didn't like rave about it like most people were. I mean, I definitely would say what John said. Like, I feel like it was the more the role that I, I, I the type of role I more like to see Melissa McCarthy in. Yeah, a little more well rounded and not just like a one beat thing. But the, 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 what I was going to say about Trainwreck, though, just to back up a second, I, I feel like the the key with it that works to me. Is that with the criticism that I've given, like in terms of what bothers me about some of Judd Apatow's films, is that he's not selling this movie, per, you know, in my eyes. Like, right. she is, and she's got the one, like you said, has has having the moment, and she is the movie, right? And she works. I mean, and she is like the star, and she's hilarious, and everything that you like about her, if you like her, you'll like the movie. What you know, the concern is, is whether people like if you don't like her kind of humor, like that's the movie, mm-hmm. you know, like Judd Apatow's hand in really selling why a raunchy R comedy in most cases is going to be better than a PG 13 comedy that's yeah. watered down are on full display here because of the type of comedian she is. Right. And like she completely embraces it yeah. and you can tell that their hand, you know, in writing this together, it is a nice balance of it. I it just, is, my, my, my sole criticism is I just, <laughs> Some of the dramatic stuff, I just feel like... To it's get, a tonal shifting that yeah, is kind of awkward to get from films. A to B, like you were saying, like it needs to be two hours and five minutes for her to make the progression that she makes from the beginning to the end. But it's like, I don't I don't know that I, I would buy that that progression needed to be made that great. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. it doesn't need to go from, you know, the train wreck that everybody knows to mm-hmm. like the girl who's, you know, settling down and, and, and begging a guy's forgiveness. You know, like, I don't know that the character needed to make that transition. Yeah. You know, there maybe was a better spot or a different spot that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have required. But, but what you just described sounded a lot to me like what is usually the male arc. It is. In these romantic movies. It is. So, I mean, maybe that's enough of a, of a milestone and of, of a sort. I mean, sure. it seems like such a, a no brainer just to do like a reversal, but I think you're right. The fact that it, if it were just a comic actress, if it were Catherine Heigl or the yeah. equivalent of that doing this, even if it were someone we all really like, like Emily Blunt, but like right. doing a comedy, I think that that, re- that reversal would feel very calculated. Yeah. That idea that she's the, she's the one who's a mess and he's the, the, the good man mm-hmm. who needs to be patient and needs to like, you know, forgive her yeah. for, this, for this love to work. Yeah. Um, but the fact that she does have, kind of what both of you were saying, an established comic persona that people are already kind of in love with right now, it makes it not feel calculated and really does make it feel like an extension of her true yeah. comedic yeah. self. You know what true, I mean? So true. I think that might be maybe what people are sparking on is not just, oh, we, she's funny, we like her, but like it's interesting and, and appealing to see a woman play this type of role and have it be a woman who actually seems to be like kind of what you were saying, yeah. owning that. You know, yeah. that she's actually, she's she's not being led by the nose into this stage. It seems like she's actually the one with the with the capital in this. You know, like if you look yeah. at Amy Schumer versus Judd Apatow right now, I think yeah. a lot more people are interested to see what she does now oh, definitely. as opposed to him. And it's probably very smart of him to, to, oh, like, to move on in that yeah. way. Because, and, and let her, yeah. Because I agree, his movies, that, that tonal shifting can often be, you just don't feel like it earns it sometimes. I mean, like This yeah. is 40 was an example of something. It had, had some funny moments, good good performances and couple of great little bits and scenes but overall it just felt like what it was building towards you knew it the you know the sappy music 
<clears throat> the sappy music is going to kick in and you're going to get the 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 res whatever resolution is going to be a little bit more serious and then you're going to have something like a funny tag at the end of that yeah. that's just become such a formula you yeah know? yeah and i think we both well i think we, we we like to see comedies that are really funny but we also like to see comedies that almost like you were saying about movies that maybe aren't aren't great movies, Ronald, but they yeah, yeah. are great comedies. I think we just like when comedies stay funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, and they, they don't pretend they were about something else. And what you're saying is maybe, Steve, that this was a little bit on that line of to me it was kind of wanting that drama. Yeah, a lot when of maybe the, it didn't it didn't need it. Like I felt like and then Ronald like a lot of the parts having to do with her family. Yeah, like some of the father stuff and her sister stuff and like just some of that stuff. I felt like was. I feel like some of it works, like especially the stuff with her sister and her sister's husband, and like her kid or her, yeah. her 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 stepson, like that stuff. I felt like I got, but I know some of the stuff with like the father didn't work for me as well, and I think that's kind of where it knocked me. To, like I kind of lost it a little bit, and like how sudden some of the stuff happens was kind of yeah. Um, I don't know. And then and then also like his portrayal of MS was a little like, right. Sometimes he was like super normal. Yeah, I'd be like, all right. I mean, I know some people with MS. Yeah. And then you'd see it like, all right. So he's just, he's just leaning casually in his seat. It's just, there was like commitment to it and then not. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I didn't, that's a good point. I didn't even pick up on that. I mean, yeah, over, over, overall, I would say check it out, especially if you're, go ahead. It's, it's definitely a good a, It's definitely movie, a go ahead. Yeah. You know, like you've all noted, and I totally agree, is like the comedy well has been a little dry Super in terms dry. of going to the theaters and especially seeing a good R-rated comedy. So I have very little to complain about overall if you're seeking that out. you know. So I'd say the last thing I want to mention real quick is that I thought not stealing the movie only because he wasn't in it enough, but I thought LeBron James was fucking he hilarious. He was fucking hilarious. In this movie. Right? How is he fucking so good at basketball and also very funny? Yeah. I mean, because... It's not fair. You know what was weird too, because we had another professional basketball player in it, in Amari Stoudemire. You see the difference between the commitment. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not thinking, I'm not saying Amari was bad. Yeah, a different role. But a yeah, different role. role. You know what but I mean? Like, like seeing LeBron being this character. There's just like a. I feel like it's the same thing like with The Rock with Dwayne Johnson. Like there's like a amount of just like charisma. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's a personality, there's a charisma that just like oozes out of somebody. And I feel like The Rock, to me, is like the ultimate example of like one of these athletes that, that just knocks it out of the park. And I can't say that yet about LeBron James, but I just mean more so in his the character that they give him of LeBron James in this movie. And like the, the the beats that he has, like about being so cheap and like counting coupons, and, and like the that Cleveland is joke? hilarious. The Cleveland, yeah, the stuff? Cleveland stuff is hilarious. And I like the fact that like they didn't talk down to each other, which I thought was pretty funny. But when, the parts were like LeBron would try to say something to him, and he'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I love that. Yeah. I loved it because it wasn't like you could just call him out. He's he's like you could tell that like, he's his friend. Yeah, they're like really yeah. good friends. Like he's not intimidated by the fact yeah, that he's LeBron yeah. James. Like. Yeah, no, I thought that stuff was really funny. And I, I'd heard that before seeing it, and I totally bought into it. Well, you know, I remember back in the day when I would watch Saturday Night Live, and there would be an athlete hosting, and it would always be sort of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because they're not, you know, it's like, it's fun to see somebody be game and be in on the joke, but it's not usually that good. Yeah. And it used to be the same way whenever The Simpsons would have, like, 19 different athletes in one episode yeah. doing one yeah. line. It would be like, yeah. oh, they're so funny. You know, and I, I realize I'm not a sports guy, but I have heard... LeBron James is really charming in this. Yes. And I, from what I've seen in the trailers, I totally believe it. But I think sometimes you just got to admit that like, sometimes someone is in a position like that partially because they are extremely charming. I mean, yeah. I think that yeah. I think it's now okay for everybody to admit that they find The Rock charming. You know, for a while there, it was like, wait, who is this yeah. guy? I don't want yeah. people to think. But I think that pe some people, you just have to admit that they're, well, like LeBron James is, is LeBron James partially because he's probably a really charismatic yeah. guy. And yes. like, if he can bring that to a movie, I mean, isn't Bill Hader working in the sports field yeah. in some yeah. way? So, well, I mean, it's like, it's the kind of thing they do in movies all the time, but if it can go beyond just a stunt and actually yeah. into a real character, no, he's that's, got a character that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is different because, like, Rick Fox is a great actor for what he is, right? But Rick Fox is also, like, not to shit on his life, but, like, he is, a like, a, a bench player. You're talking about the best athlete in the world being amazing in a movie is kind of weird because like right. space jam come on let's yeah space jam was not that great i mean look he wasn't that great right, okay he yeah. did because the movie is great yeah he was Watch not words that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean and if no the, i know where you're going and, and I if agree. the rumors are true if the rumors are true and lebron's really going to be in space jam too 
that will make my life. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I'm so excited. It made me like want to see that movie so badly. Yeah. No. And this might spark it. People love him. In, I mean, people were dying. In, like, I'm, I'm sure the audience that you oh, saw yeah, it with, yeah. like, people were, all of his jokes were, like, just going over, like, crazy yeah. with the crowd, too. So, yeah, definitely. It's definitely worth checking out. It's one of the better comedies I've seen in a while. You know, I just kind of, like, you know, I really like Judd Apatow, and I feel like my criticism of it is just, like, I really want, like, I want a 40-year-old virgin. I want to knocked up again. Like, it just, right. it's been a bit since I felt it. Well, look it. at 40-year-old virgin. It's closer. I, I think yeah. it's like an hour and 40 minutes or something yeah. like that. Or maybe yeah. an hour and 50. But it's like, I, and I know I've rewatched that one a couple times. And it didn't feel like it got bloated, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But the other ones, I felt like as I was watching them, realizing I'm not, I don't know that I'm going to sit down and watch Funny People. Oh, my God. Or This people. Is 40 on purpose. Yeah. So. Yeah. I and and those aren't films people. I hated. They're just films yeah, yeah. That I didn't need to see again. And he was a guy that I, Judd Apatow was just a guy that I, I think we were all really excited about the notion of him, but he hasn't really moved beyond that that thing he does, which yeah. is like, it's cool to have a thing that you do, but I guess you want someone, when I like a director, I want to see them, you know, branch out, at least in terms of subject matter, sure, if yeah. not in terms this of is style. A, this is a good song. I, I mean, well, there were a couple of things that made this uh, interesting too, because like, uh, funny people, their campaign, their whole like promoting the thing was kind of them going out and do, doing stand up. And I think that he did the same thing. He had a bunch of people from the movie do stand-up this time. But something about his enthusiasm about it felt different than mm-hmm. if, than Funny People. And I think that that means... I don't know. Like I, I, I think this is better than Funny People. I think it's better than This is 40. And Definitely. for what it's worth... I think this is a good start. I mean, it feels like a resurgence of kind of what he, what he was. I mean, it's not that he was bad. We're talking about Judd Apatow was still a great comedic director. Well, I think all those movies that we're kind of given the side eye to, though, if they were about twenty minutes shorter, we might not be right. So if it was tighter, he needs just needs to tighten it up. I think yeah. he just needs. To, he's too inside now. So like at at this point, they just throw him money and say make something funny. Mm-hmm. And if I wish that he would tighten it up, just. Every time, like 20, 30 minutes, yeah. every single fucking movie I've seen, the last three movies, yeah. would be perfect almost. If they're just, some of those cuts, some of those scenes where they were just staring out in the space. Well, we know he listens. So Judd, yeah, he's come, a on. Fan. come on, he's a Judd. Fan. Well, so I at the time when people hear this, they will know whether Trainwreck uh, made a big impact at the box office or not. But I would say, if, if you're like me and you're excited about a certain... Shrinking Man movie uh, this weekend too. Maybe now it's a week later. It's time to go see Trainwreck. It's time to t- time to balance out some of those, uh, you know, those comic book yeah. good times with uh, with uh, six. <laughs> six. six six comedy. Um, but no, I can't wait to see the film. I I, I look forward to it. And I, we're going to be away this week, uh, this week upcoming. You know, visiting family and stuff. So we will have babysitters. So I'm I'm hoping Nikki and I oh, can cool. escape good, to go good. see this. Have a, have a grown. I don't think I should take Henry to see Trainwreck. Right? I I pass. I pass on that. One. I saw several kids in that movie, which made me super uncomfortable. That was like implied BJ's and stuff like that. And this kid was like, with the kids? No. <laughs> No. Ronald, you should not have been implying that <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> there was, a, and they weren't picking up on it. At yeah, all. right. I know <laughs> they were not even paying attention to me. <laughs> they, John. they were not catching oh, my inferences. <laughs> um, so, who's got something else? Let's get some quick cuts. We just we just talked for quite a bit about Trainwreck. What, what else have you seen? A lot of movies, haven't you, Steve? Why don't you tell us about the Gallows real quick? Oh, the Gallows. Um, oh yeah. So so I mean, it's not a great movie. It's yeah. not even that good. But well, it the didn't more look I, like great. Right, but but the more I think about it, the more fun I had with it. Mm-hmm. It is super low budget, hundred thousand dollar budget. It was based on a trailer, then a short film that these two guys made out in Fresno. They got picked up by Blumhouse and said, hey, go make a better version of that movie. Mm-hmm. And it literally takes place in a high school where somebody you know, died 20 years ago, which... P.S. It's kind of scary that like 20 years ago is the early 90s now. Like, I know. You know the, the flashback is like you know a video camera that I owned at one point, which is <laughs> fucking up in my head. But you know, and then 20 years later they do the same play and and they're being haunted by whatever. Um, and See, they kind of commit. Is, it's like if some some movies you hear a setup like that and your eyes roll so hard that you just think, oh my god, I can't believe they're making that. But something that seems this like bare bones and like just from the trailer, just trying to creep you out. I sort of. I don't know, like, um, like what was the movie that we saw last year that we both thought was okay? Um, As above, so below. Oh yeah, yeah. you know it was all right. It's yeah. like it's it's like that's how I feel about this. Almost movie. any it's detail very, you hear about it serious. is going to sound cliche and yeah. stupid, but in execution, sometimes these things are still effective, and that's all that a lot of times I think a horror director is trying to do is yeah. just give you that feeling. So like, yeah. 
oh, this guy has a noose, right? Yeah. Okay, so there you go. New movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, know? I feel like critics hate the movie. I feel like it's gotten like a horrible Oh, it's been getting reviews, terrible right? reviews. Yeah. And I, and I totally own that. Like, I probably had way more fun with this movie. Yeah. And I think it's because all I wanted to do was like, just be scared a little bit. Yeah. You know, right. and that's all it is. And I mean, the crowd was into it. I feel like it commits to... Uh, like the whole ghosting part of okay. what a found footage is, you know, mm-hmm. that doesn't really go too crazy. The ending kind of ramps up a little quick for me, but it is short. It's like we talk about one being too long. This movie's like an hour and like 28 minutes or something. Like it's super short. Um, it's got some awesome use and like big, one of the biggest criticisms. What was the movie? Was it Unfriended? Was that the name? Unfriended, of that? yeah. That I was like that. that was like 75 Out, minutes yeah, long or something. Yeah, not even an like hour, that. 20, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Um, that's 80 minutes, Ronald. Oh, thank you, man. Um, the uh, <laughs> My time One died. of the biggest things that we always talk about with, like, just real quick with the found footage stuff is, like, why are they still filming? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, or why are they even filming? You know, and it's, I feel like this film does a pretty good job addressing why. Mm-hmm. Like, because okay. they kind of... They, they have a little card that comes up and yeah, says, like, this, this movie's why. cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, no, no, no. But see that, yeah, well, that's a good one. But I, I feel like it makes a little sense because, like... This isn't ruining anything, so maybe slight spoiler, but this is two or three weeks after the movie came out. You know, they're sneaking in to this gym the night of a, the night before a production's opening to like mm-hmm. basically sabotage it because the kid, this one male lead, doesn't want to be in the play anymore because he sucks. He's an athlete who who signed up for theater, mm-hmm. and there's no lights, you know, and there's no power, and all this stuff's going on. So like they basically are filming it with their phone because they need the phone's light, oh, you know. Okay. So there's little there's little things like that that come into play where you're like. And the one guy is like already films everything because he's a part of some video crew. Yeah. But there's like little things that are stuck in that you're like, that's kind of silly, but I'll buy why that's still recording right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because my flash, my phone has a light on it or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, but I don't know, man. I thought it was fun. And like some of the school scenery, like in the dark, like behind a stage and like in, in, in the rafters, like all the cabling and like, mm-hmm. you know, the behind the scenes stage crew stuff. That's some like, creepy shit you know like all the mannequins and props and the shit that you kind of could get caught up in and you don't know like what's behind this or that i feel like there are some genuinely scary parts in the movie and i thought it was a lot of fun i mean it may not be something you want to spend money for in the theaters but if you like kind of cheap silly horror found footage and you can get down with that i would totally at least you know maybe maybe hold up oh no Whatever, whatever our, our the middle one. Wait for it. Wait for it. Yeah. You know, maybe just check it out when it comes out on <laughs> on digital. And uh, I don't, I don't yeah, think, if, if, I don't if, think it wouldn't. It would be fun, man. If people are listening because they're coming onto us because of the whole Thundergrunt yeah. thing, they don't know that we have an elaborate and seldom, very seldom, seldom understood, <laughs> even by us, rating system. It's kind of like the Metacritic system. We don't really yeah, understand. We don't, it. No one really knows. There's an algorithm. <laughs> but this is a three tiered system. If we think you should go see it, we say, go ahead. Go ahead. If we think that maybe you should go see it, but you should wait for it, we say, wait, wait for it. it. <laughs> and if we think maybe you should spend your time elsewhere and that you're better off avoiding something, we'll say, hold up. And then there's an, uh, another category called You Were Warned, which yeah. is uh, where we might d- we might dig into a film that we think mm. kind of a- avoids any of those three categories. But yeah, sometimes it's hard to tell whether you want wait for it or hold up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hold say hold up is it. more negative wait, than yeah, wait for yeah. it. Exactly. Wait, for it, wait like, for it. Yeah. Wait for it. Check it out at wait home. For it's wait not for bad. it. Check it out at home. They yeah. all sound like things that like a uh, like a street cop would say to you. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, like maybe Wait for traffic. It. Hold <laughs> up. You know, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I like that. Um, so what else? Uh, what have you seen, Ronald? Um, I saw the death of Superman lives. What happened? I saw that. Uh, you saw it? Yes. Cool. Oh, God. We could talk about it. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's a documentary about the Superman lives movie that was supposed to be directed by... Tim Burton, uh, Tim Burton, which is a funny thing to me because this whole movie, like D- Superman Lives, was a movie that 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 they almost made in the '90s. Mm. That was going to be a big attempt to kind of revitalize Superman, and it was before the current crop of superhero films. Sure, which you know we might look back to like that first X Men film as maybe the beginning, or the Spider Man films that Sam yeah. Raimi did, but like somewhere in there was the beginning of this current crop of superhero films. Um, and so this would have been one of those weird takes, like like the Batman films that Tim Burton made, where it's a director coming in and imposing his vision on something and not necessarily trying to be faithful. Which, you know, nowadays I don't think they're really... Even the ones people talk about being faithful now, it's not so much like they're faithful to stories as much as they're faithful to certain iconic ideas about the character. Yeah, spirit of the like characters. Like none of those Marvel characters, the way the movies are done, none of those are taken directly from plot lines. Right, right. But there was still something about the way people 
adapted comics before the 2000s that was sort of infuriating to fans (laughs) because they would just change things willy-nilly and and do strange things. And this movie sounded, uh, by all accounts, like it was going to be a crazy disaster. Everything from the uh, weird picture of Nicolas Cage in a very strange uh, plasticky-looking suit that looked... I like the suit stuff. Well, I I thought that was interesting. We'll get into that. Um, But the other thing was Kevin Smith doing the rounds. That was when he became Mr. An Evening with Kevin Smith telling stories and stuff. Mm. And one of his big stories was his experience working on this film and the requests of John Peters the oh my god the producer who kind of was the guy at the center of this project like he's the nut at the center of this story you know Um, so like but the stories about what he requested and like the things he wanted to have in the movie that was something Kevin Smith has been selling tickets uh, for people to hear him talking about for a a decade and a half now so it's like (laughs) it's like you know it gave us that which I'm not too thrilled about but what's interesting is the movie just fizzled and went away and I think this movie coming on the heels of Jodorowsky's Dune it makes you realize there's this subgenre now of documentaries about movies that never were. <laughs> yeah. Whereas with Yodorowsky's Down, d- Down with Yodorowsky's Dune, you Black can Black Hawk Down. Yeah, Black Hawk Dune. Uh, with uh, <laughs> with Yodorowsky's Dune, you can look at it and see how influ- influential the film might have been, and right. still maybe was. But with this, there's 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 not that. It's more just morbid curiosity because there's yeah. no real purpose to technically un- one to, aspect to uncovering of it. what happened with this film. You know, one aspect of it was what <laughs> the spider. Oh yeah, which became part of Wild Wild West, you yeah. know, which is just nuts. But anyway, I'm just, so I'm just saying, at the end of the movie, that's the only thing that I, I found myself comparing it yeah. to the, to Jodorowsky's Dune, and when I got to the end, thinking this movie does not have that that feeling you got at the end of uh, that film, where you realize that the work that Jodorowsky and his collaborators had done was so influential, it was right. kind of like a punch to the gut. And this movie didn't really have the punch to the gut. Yeah. All it had was just the vague impression that the that the pictures that were leaked were pictures of costume tests, not anything final. No right. one ever saw a final image of anything that would have been in this film. And the people involved say that, you know, Tim Burton, Nicolas Cage, everybody was trying to make something special and trying to relate to the material. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I find, I, I think I would love to see this for any crazy movie that didn't get made. Yeah, but yeah. it does start to feel like, boy, this is really a niche item. This is it really, really is. A, an item of curiosity for people who are aware of this or would just like to hear because maybe there's a there's an interest in Nick Cage or in Tim Burton. But what did you think of the way the movie itself was put together? Um, I didn't think there was that much footage of it. I mm-hmm. didn't think there was that much footage of Nick Cage, period, just in the suit and the versions of the suit and... Um, so you're saying the stuff that they that they that they use? I mean, yeah, he, he had a lot of access. Is, he got a lot of stuff. John I mean, John, what's his name? John Schnepp, I believe, who's the the guy behind this film. Who I wondered who the heck he was. I looked him up, and he has been working on a lot of you know odd like Cartoon Network shows, things like mm. Space Ghost Coast to Coast, um, and uh, Aqua Unit. What was that? I mean, I thought it was Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but it looks like it's something else. But he's worked on Metalocalypse, the Venture Brothers. So he does have a lot of credits, this John Schnepp guy. Yeah. But I found myself... Did you... I mean, I thought... He, did you notice he was like a vigorous overnotter? Yeah. yeah like when was. people are talking? I, I actually watched like a half an hour of it. He was. So I've only seen the first 30 minutes. But, but it's like I, found, I, I, I kept wanting to not be looking at him. It reminded yeah. me of... Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, what's the guy that did, uh, uh, that did the jinx? What's his name? Drew Jarecki. Andrew Jarecki. Andrew Jarecki. Yeah. Well, I call him Drew. Oh. <laughs> I forgot your friends. But uh, Andrew Jarecki, you know how every time it cut to him in the Jinx, he looked a little too put together, yeah. like a little too manicured and everything? <laughs> this guy, John Schnepp, was the opposite. Every time it cut to him, it was just sort of like, that's how you showed up to yeah, talk yeah. to this guy? This... I mean, knowing he's a guy who has a career makes me understand that that may be his look. And I didn't think he was a bad interviewer, or, no. but it was very off-putting to see those two shots where he's just... <clears throat> Doing yeah. this, it was like I don't know if it's a nervous tick or something, but it it did make me think. Oh, maybe this documentary would feel more like a real documentary if it didn't have him in it. Like right, I kept yeah, thinking, yeah. his yeah. presence really wasn't necessary. Like his personal relationship with the material didn't come into play yeah, the way it did. Say him. with uh, Andrew Jarecki, it and could have Jinx. easily just shown John Peters yeah. telling these, and you would hear this voice stuff. off camera. Yeah, saying I wouldn't stuff. mind yeah. that. Right. John Peters was really hard to listen to. Oh, he was a nut. Yeah, he was. The, the, the fact that he would beat people up and, and, and his idea of what masculinity was that, mm-hmm. that's don't even get me started on that but like it's really interesting to think that that movie could have I think it kind of would have shaken things up a little bit it might have been better than what we've seen from Nicolas Cage and Tim Burton since however it's a little hard to get excited 
about what would Tim Burton have done with this movie, the way it, with uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky, the way that you could, uh, I'm going to pronounce his name differently every time I say it. Mm. Um, the way, but in that movie, you watch it and you go, look at this guy who was a visionary. And what, yeah. was he, what did he have in his head? With Tim Burton, it's like, I feel like we've seen what he's had in his head several times. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I love Tim Burton on some level, but I just don't think he's risen to the heights. Like everything he did that was great was pretty much made before this movie would have been made. I mean, maybe I'm being unkind to Big <laughs> that's Fish. That's unkind. Big Fish. But no, seriously. But like, what, what has he made that's great in the last 20 years? Oh, boy. Mm. Can't, you can't I say can't, Ed Wood. Can't. You can't say Edward Scissorhands. You, you know, can't say... Before. All that stuff was before, so... Big Fish might have been the, the, the last one. I mean, I, I found Big Fish very moving, but I don't... I did... No, I, I did like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, though. I I, I enjoyed it when I saw it, but I think if you catch it on if you it's like if you watch it on 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 the you know if you just catch it and, and watch a little bit of it, it's it's like there's not a moment of it that isn't kind of awkward. Yeah, yeah. And like and which is okay, but I don't think it really comes together. I don't I don't think that that was necessarily in, intentional. But either way, my, my point just being that adds to the feeling this film gives you. It's neat to hear Tim Burton talking about this movie that didn't work out, but it's just strange because I don't really have a lot of excitement about his movies that do work out. So it was. Right. It just made it an odd, an odd piece. But I realized it's a captivating subject. Yeah. Any movie that they pump that kind of development money into, and like it's there's interesting stories about any project that, that just utterly falls apart like that. But and it really did. Mm-hmm. I mean, you realize midway through the movie as they're talking about it that this is fucking impossible that this thing could have gotten made. It's yeah. it it it's so exhausting listening to the things that they were adding, and it just it sounded like. So many movies. Right. It sounded like a trilogy almost. Right. They're like, well, there's gonna be, and then and then Tim Burton just Tim Burtonizing things for no reason. <laughs> Brainiac is gonna be a spider. Yeah, Brainiac's gonna what open his fuck? cloak like, and reveal that he has mechanical spider legs and he's wow. got no yeah. body or whatever. But he's right. never he's never had that version of himself ever in any. Well, that's what ever. I mean about the way they adapted comic books back then. Yes. Though, it was it was it was open for someone like Tim Burton to come in, and because there weren't studio chiefs and production heads and people like that that were comic book fans yeah. whereas now i think you have a lot of people that are like basically my age that are running things and they grew up with all this shit and so it's like i think now you have people going no we can't do that we've got to find someone who respects the character but back then these studio no. guys were like let's make some money and we i want to see tits or yeah. whatever you know it's like Hearing, they didn't they weren't they weren't uh they weren't connecting with what might have been good about the original property at all yeah hearing the guys talk that so, some of the writers talk about their process it was dis- it was almost disgusting mm-hmm. like they were just like, yeah, I've never read a comic book in my life, but mm-hmm. yeah, once I got on this thing, I, I did no research. I just started writing, and everybody says that. It's except for Kevin Smith, who was in the other direction of like, I'm just a fanboy, and I wrote the stuff that I would want to see, right, you know. Right. So, but did, I thought it was amazing. Like after hearing him talk about his script, then just hearing the, the. John Peters basically say, oh, I thought it felt like the work of an amateur hack or whatever, you know. But he is a hack. That's well, he's a nut. The... I don't know. There's a, like, I oh, think Kevin God, Smith man. is a hack. Uh, John Peters is a nut. John John know. Peters is a hack. He's the definition of a hack. The idea of, of you taking a script that's perfect and being like, it has to have a spider in it. But I don't think there was any ever a script that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get <laughs> that. It was part a too. Kevin Smith script. I can't believe that it was anywhere close to perfect. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it's worth seeing. Yeah, I, it's definitely a cool no. It's definitely one. interesting. I'm just saying you will feel a little bit of spiritual emptiness at the end, realizing yeah. you can't even really wish this movie was made. Yeah. But I agree with you that I think there would have been something kind of odd about it. That might have worked mm-hmm. because everything I just said about adaptation choices being weird. Every now and then, somebody doing something kind of weird and disrespectful and re like, you know, like Chris. Uh, well, there's no one named Chris in this conversation. Um, Nicholas Cage, you know, who's like such a Nicholas Cage is such a big Superman fan. He like even named his son uh, Kal El, yeah. I believe. That's amazing. Uh, so it's interesting to know that he would have taken part in this. Mm-hmm. And the little clip they have of him saying, "We're going to turn this character on its head." That to me thinks. That makes me think like, okay, so even though this would have been weird, knowing that someone who was that big of a fan, that he would like, you know, bigger nerd than anyone in this room, he would name his son after a, a, yeah, a yeah. you know, I, I named my kid after Henry Jones, archaeologist, <laughs> but um, but like it, it makes you think, okay, well maybe the take on it would have been like passionate and faithful in a weird way, even if the details would have been changed around. Definitely. Because it seemed like what they were really doing was reinventing the visuals, yeah. but most of the stuff they talked about with the character actually sounded... 
Sounded cool. Sounded more in line with the real Superman than maybe the current take that's being created by Zack Snyder. That a lot of a lot of Superman fans don't like the sort of dark vision of Superman that the yeah. new movies are taking putting out. You know, so I feel like even now that we're getting more faithful comic book movies, we're still getting directors with an idea about the character that they're going to put forward. So right. no, I don't think this movie would have done anything to piss on Superman. I just think it would have been one of those strange Tim Burton films. And yeah, who knows? Maybe it, I don't know. It is kind of interesting to you know to ponder this alternate world where it happened, but. Yeah. Like, would that have resulted in more of a wait for those slightly more faithful movies? Or, like, would, would we be looking at more of those kind of Joel Schumacher monstrosities where a, where a director comes in and just, you know, jizzes their style <laughs> all over yeah. the, the property? Yeah. Or is are we looking at these movies now and saying that one of the things that we're kind of missing occasionally is a director with a real pronounced style, you know, over the films? I just, I don't know. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it. Yeah. I, I I don't know. It's 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 definitely cool to think. About. Yeah, and it's it's actually a cool movie to support too because it's just come out um, and it's available for you know you can pay to to stream it, and um, it's uh, I think they had a pretty big crowdfunding situation yeah. to get that movie going. So yeah. you know it was it was a project I'd read about a long time ago. So I was glad to see it finally because it it is I don't know anything like that. I'm, I love gossip. I love when people get far enough from the event that they're willing to talk about what oh, really yeah. happened. You I was know? surprised Tim Burton was in it. Yeah. I was not expecting him to be in it when I heard, first heard about it. So mm-hmm. that's cool. That's cool. So um what else did you guys see? Yeah what else Steve? What you got? What you Man, what you got? I'm looking through what I I saw minions. Ugh why'd you Oh it's okay. It was exactly cute. Yeah. You know what I they, mean? Like, they are exactly cute, which I guess could say which I guess allows you to say the movie was. Well I I but, went because yeah. it was a birthday party for Henry's friend and they got a group together and a bunch of the parents went. And I went thinking, I, you know, I'll see any movie really now that we do this show. If I get mm-hmm. a chance to see anything, I try to. Um, and I, I, it's weird. Like, I sat down going, I don't know that the Minions need a movie. And then as the movie was rolling along, I was like, you know, it's really not the problem. The Minions aren't the problem. The Minions yeah. could have sustained a movie. I just feel like this movie, there's something kind of lumpy and malformed about the plot like in a way i wanted to like that because there's so much silliness and there was but it's like it's so episodic i don't think that sandra bullock's character scarlet overkill i don't think she really registers as either like a really funny character or a villainous presence it just kind of feels like another thing we were talking about before we started recording steve but it kind of feels like they were checking off boxes of we need a charismatic villain well let's get i mean and sandra bullock shows up to, to be the villain and john Hamm is like her her like you know mad scientist inventor character those those performances could have been f- funny and memorable in material that had a little bit more going on with it yeah. but what you come out of the movie appreciating is just the the silly simple i mean the same thing that makes the minions funny if you happen to catch a a, a, a commercial where they're you know merchandising uh, i don't know chicken nuggets or something on television <laughs> and you happen to chuckle for a second because a minion you know what i mean a minion yeah. one of them knocks one of them down and then he laughs and you're like uh, yeah, that gets you know on some level yeah but it's like the ultimate marketing thing like uh, i saw on the av club that you know they always post about the box office results after the weekend and they uh, their headline for the box office chart for that weekend was uh, well parents you blew it Meaning, like, yeah, you took I your kids that. to see Minions instead of something else. Like, we now will be getting more of this. Yeah. I don't know. i got nothing against Minions. I've enjoyed... I think Despicable Me is a pretty pretty uh, memorable film. I don't think Despicable Me 2 is as good as Despicable Me, and I don't mm. think Minions is as good as Despicable Me 2. So it's one of those franchises. But now we have two, you know, two series that could branch out of that. I thought the ending with something that you might view as very predictable occurring was just sort of handled in the most perfunctory way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and the way the narration ends on that word as though we were... I felt like that That was... There were some points in this movie where I really thought, okay, I'm watching a movie that is for five-year-olds, you know? Which I don't know if I feel that way... Totally. ...when I'm watching the Despicable Me films. They feel like they have a, something between the years. It's funny, like, Aaron uh, saw the film with me, and she like she basically compared it to... And I'm not a, fan, a huge fan of any of these... But like the Shrek versus the Shrek like three sequels, yeah, is she kind of felt similarly about them? Like the jokes just got weaker as the series went along, and it really did feel like the jokes that were either to kids were like only to kids, and like some of the jokes that they were trying to make like towards adults that were a little more like inappropriate, mm-hmm. like were just not funny, you know, right. like didn't they just didn't play well at all. That, that is a really good summation of it because that is exactly like there were jokes where I was like, oh, that was. Wait, that wasn't just a placeholder for a joke. That was actually supposed to be a joke. Like right. this is a room full of people. <laughs> yeah. And I've got like seven uh five year olds sitting here and I'm surrounded by adults who yep. came and put on the three D glasses to see what would happen and nobody laughed at that. Yeah. And like 
it, you know, enough of that, and you start to think like, what's happening with this movie? Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. but there were I don't know. I thought I thought King Bob was was pretty funny, and I thought uh, yeah. I did think you know I you it's stupid, but you will find yourself going, I like that one. I, he's my favorite or whatever you know that little guy. But I thought Bob was was kind of a funny character, and I thought the. I don't know the the idea of them as being these little guys that want to serve whoever the worst person around is is a kind of a funny concept. <laughs> that is, but definitely. I think the movie enters into a weird area where it never really successfully made them like they really were almost so non-villainous that like seeing them, you know what I mean? Seeing them work for Gru, it puts them in the right spot because they're just inventing stuff and doing crazy, and they're they're like they're they represent chaos. But seeing them being like the heroes of the film means you kind of have to root for them, but they don't really have an arc because at the end we know they're about to go serve another villain. You know, it's Gru that gets the arc later. So I don't know. I found that to be just kind of a strange... I think that's another reason why it didn't feel like it really had much of a there there because it really didn't... I mean, there really wasn't much to develop except, again, just a a way to string some gags together. So Right. Yeah, I don't know. That's about it. That's all I'd say about that. Yeah. It was cute. Did we talk about Genesis? Enough. Terminator Genesis. I didn't see it. You didn't see it? No. I didn't see it either. God damn it. See, you seem to like it, but so many reviews were like saying I mean, it's the worst, you know. It is it is better than Salvation. And that maybe that was what it was. It was better than three and Salvation to me. But it also was messy and it was I don't know, I liked it. I liked it. Well the one thing that was strange to me was the notion of going into the future <laughs> to fix something when if you just wait around you'll go into the future. Right. Like I don't know that I don't maybe I missed something but it sounded to me like they were in 84 and they were going to go right. to 1998 or something to stop something and I was just like if I was like right now and I was thinking like 14 years from now something's going to happen and I want to stop it I, rather than rush to it mm. I might say let's take the 14 years that we have to uh to yeah. get ready for this. Well, I think because I guess that's not much of a movie. Yeah, something... Cut to 14 years later and they're like we are totally prepared. <laughs> this Click, is a done. different understanding about Skynet in in this one which is weird what what sparks it like, well yeah they're doubling yeah. back and they're they're, they're yeah. changing details and right, right. what do you think about when they do that when they when they don't just go back and reconnect but when they make it so that essentially the other movies can't have existed it feels almost like days of future past days <laughs> where they're just trying to erase all the bad things that well that was before. i felt like that was them saying we want to make more x-men yeah. movies but we want a clean continuity going forward right. i think this is more like a like the terminator is this is a weird it's a tortured Frankenstein franchise at this point. Like, there's yeah. no real through line from the beginning to now, except for getting, you know, Arnold to come back and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and Amelia Clark, who I like pretty well when she's not talking <laughs> on Game of Thrones, but I'm discovering more and more she's kind of a stiff actress. Everything I see of her in this film looks extremely, like, unbelievable. So, so funny you said that. I think that looks-wise, she's a great Sarah Connor, but as I, as I thought about it, she was really stiff. Mm-hmm. And I think that... So part of my problem is with with casting, especially like in the past 10 years, I'll go as far as say 20 years, is that there used to be very beautiful women that could act too. Like there was like Julia Roberts, while being gorgeous, could also act, right? So they have like these... Stars. It seems like there are more people. I'll go along with her being gorgeous just for the just for the sake of this premise. Yeah, but I've never been a big Julia I think she's Roberts gorgeous, fan. Man. I mean, no, I, I understand. I, I, I don't. Sec- I second that. I don't mean it. I'm like, not, I don't go. Oh, what are you saying? But I just. She, I yeah. did, she never had that. She, I never got under the spell. So then you have. She's like Rosie Perez. Yeah. Oh, I love Rosie. <laughs> Perez. So you can have her. That's great. Her voice is nuts, though. <laughs> um, it's the, Susu Trooper. <laughs> the idea that like. <laughs> Women are just being cast because they're gorgeous now. Yeah. It's really hard for me to stomach. Especially since some of those roles could go to, like, just... Actresses that are better. Sli- yeah. One tier down in terms of beautiful. Like, as opposed to, like, all right, so Margot Robbie has kind of taken my heart. Because she can kind of act, man. I think I'm starting to, like, she's starting to grow on me. I, I thought that, like, when I watched uh, Wolf of Wall Street, I was like, well, she's gorgeous. and I'm... But then I watched uh, the Will Smith movie. You just don't want to give any credit to Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't. It is, John. I don't. But once I saw her in the movie with Will Smith, I started to feel like maybe she can act. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little biased because I feel like beautiful women are being, these gorgeous women are being cast, and they're not that good. And that's a problem. Whatever happened to like just regular '90s looking people? You know what I mean? Like those people don't exist in movies anymore. If you look at well, like at that age, they're dying. Yeah, but I'm saying like at that time, like they were just regular looking people in movies. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist anymore. 
I think it is relative to the way that people like hotness has become like more yeah. hot as time has gone on. Hotness is like <laughs> the almost hotness standards. Have, hotness have, is like porn now. Yeah. Hotness is like porn star looking, yeah. as opposed to like just like sh- street level eight. Like yeah. you see somebody on the street, like holy shit, that person is gorgeous. That's different than like this like flat six pack, perky boobs. Mm-hmm. Amazing hair, crazy pursed lips. It's just like this. Keep one, going. Keep talking. Uh, nice, tight, hiney. Getting close. Getting uh, close. Keep telling me. Relatively more. beautiful feet. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. What kind of toes? What kind of toes? It's very well manicured. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Good. 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 Any, any kind of paint job on those toenails? Any kind of paint job? Yeah. French tip. Oh. Okay, Ronald. Okay. 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 Keep describing. Just. Just keep describing. Just that. Just the toenails. Oh no, St- man. Stick I with focus on the toenails. Focus on the toenails. I can't, I can't do it. Man. But uh, th- now I've got blue balls, Steve. This is totally unfair. <laughs> it took a hundred episodes, yeah. But you finally I have finally them. load deferred. Is this what you guys have been dealing with this whole time? All time, <laughs> Jesus. Ow. Miss Castle. <laughs> Overall, Miss Castle. Uh, what other movies did you guys see? Man. Samba. I saw this movie, Samba. I saw, I saw a lot of movies. But I, I, just, I just can't get my head around them all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So many. So you want to, you know, we've said before we would rattle some off. Could we actually just rattle some off? Like, yeah. could you just say movie and then give us your quick assessment? Yeah, yeah. Give us a rating. You, you've seen a lot Show more. Show these new them. listeners how it's done. All right. How we do it. Soaked in Bleach. Yeah. Documentary about the death of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. The second one I've mentioned on the, the podcast in as many episodes. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Video. It's ex- on like I think it's on, is it Vimeo or Vivo? Vimeo. One, one of the on-demand digital services got it from there. Finally came out. I like Vimeo. Came out just after the montage of Heck documentary that was on HBO. Y- you know, it's conspiracy theories. Courtney Love's involvement. Just talking about all that. You may buy it. You may not believe it. You may think it's crap. But I thought it was super interesting. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe. I'm definitely convinced that there's some something else there. Something's going will, on. Will will it ever come out that way? I, who knows? But the the documentary is. I think it's pretty interesting, and uh, worth worth checking out for sure. I saw Creep, which is a I saw that horror How was film it? with mm-hmm. Mark Duplass. Um, I liked it. I want to see it. Was, it. I thought it was pretty creepy. It was the only thing about it that got to me was that it. I mean, it's definitely a. One of those, it was definitely like it's a found footage thing, and it kind of kind of qualifies also in that kind of mumblecore category of just being two people, very simple storyline. I mean, I was definitely ready at eight, like it's a long eighty minutes, yeah, but it is. It, it is only eighty minutes. Yeah, Mark Duplass is great. Yep, I thought he is. the other guy is not quite as good, but still pretty pretty decent, and, and not on camera as much. As much but yeah, what's amazing is thing. how much it's Mark Duplass on camera yeah. being. I, I thought actually kind of funny, like that character was so. There was something silly and funny about him in the beginning of it, you know? Yeah. And as it gets a little bit more twisted and the movie goes on, it doesn't have a lot of secrets to reveal, but it does... I thought it had a couple of good jumps in it, and it got me, you know, a couple of things that I wasn't quite sure I was expecting it to happen that way. I like the last... I thought the last five minutes were Yeah, the last good. five minutes really we're, earned we're kind of the yeah. rest of the movie, in a way. I, I've heard they're planning on making a creep, too. I don't know that I need more with this character, but I, I could totally see how you could take this character yeah. and spin it into other things, you know? And I, yeah, I, I think I read the same thing. I thought it was, like, maybe even a trilogy or something. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like, what Mark Duplass like said, is yeah. that they're thinking of it that way. Um... So I I thought I was pretty into that. I thought that was pretty good. You know, um, and that the movie was uh, directed by Patrick Bryce, who also right now has the Overnight out in in theaters, uh, yeah, which release. which I really want to see that too. Me so too. I don't know. I, th- I always like when a new person kind of comes on the scene. And I think another movie, maybe it's just hit festivals, but I'm really excited to see uh, Green Room. That's the Green guy. Who, it's it's Blue Ruin. It's that guy's next film. Oh wow! Oh yeah yeah yeah. It looks really cool. Yeah, it does. Or sounds it's really neat. Right. It's called Green Room. Green Room. It's about a band that like plays this shit gig out in out in the middle of nowhere, and they they witness a murder that is involved in some like skinhead gang, and yeah. then it's basically it sounds almost like an assault on precinct thirteen type thing with the band trying to escape from yeah, the, the little the crappy menu. club, yeah. which mm. is just a great. I mean, that's just a good place to set a a, a movie. But yeah, I, th- I thought Creep was. I mean, like, I don't know. I, you know, we you were talking before about when the found footage movie does a good job or not of justifying the camera being used. There were a few parts in this where I didn't quite understand why 
our our protagonist was filming. Yeah, I agree. didn't quite make sense. Like, and also when he would like turn the camera around to catch his own reaction to something, it's like people do that. <laughs> but I think of that as like a, a cheesy person who's doing that. So yeah. if we were supposed to think this guy's a bit cheesy, then mission accomplished. But as it was, it was a little strange to have someone like. You know, that's where you need more than two characters if you're going to do found footage because the only way to get one person on camera is to have them, like, film themselves for a second. But, no, yeah, definitely kind of moody and atmospheric. And at 80 minutes, even though it drags, it's a slow burn, you know, you you can fit it into your schedule. I think you'll like it. Definitely. Again, Mark Duplass really is doing something different than we've seen him do in this. Uh And it's, it's funny and kind of scary is a strong word for this movie, but creepy is right, right in there. Yeah. Creeps creeping. Um, the, the last one I wanted to say, because I finally saw it, Ronald talked about it before, but I finally saw and I don't even know if I talked about it last time or if I saw it after that, but I finally saw Love and Mercy. Mm. What did you think? I thought it was fucking incredible. It was, man. Yeah. Oh I loved God. that movie so much. Did you Did you tear up? I absolutely did. Man, there were parts where I was I, like, I have, I have an issue with a, a certain Beach Boys song that always makes me cry, and they fucking play the song over and over again. Good Vibration? No. God Only Knows? Yes. Yeah. yeah that, that song destroys me. It's a beautiful me. song, yeah. man. I love that song, and I have since I was a kid, and just like, and leaving the movie, like literally I was talking to Aaron, because she's like not very well versed in the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. and I like really got into them in high school, so I was telling her about like the Carl and Dennis and how they died and everything, and like just talking about them, and talking about Carl singing God Only Knows, like I was crying driving home talking about like Brian and just everything, I thought the movie was great, I agreed with you, like the casting is kind of like what, yeah. but it absolutely I thought it worked, I thought John Cusack was great in it. As well as Paul Dano, yeah. and I just, I just love that movie so much. It it's might be one. one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. So that's, was... that's definitely a go ahead. If it's still playing near you, please see that movie. I wasn't expecting them to play like the stems, like like just the melody for a little bit, and like that it, was so it great. Was... How yeah, I never dissected, and you're yeah. like, oh, that's that song. Yeah, I didn't think that they were gonna get into it that much. I thought it was gonna be kind of a generic look at it, but like yeah. just seeing the elements that made the song and the things that he obsessed over. Mm-hmm. It was really neat, man. It really bums me out that, like, that movie didn't come out <clears throat> at a different time. Yeah. Like, I hope somebody wasn't like, oh, it's about a beach boy. Let's put it out in the summer. Yeah. I, yeah. I fucking hope somebody didn't say that, you know, because right. it's, I don't know, like, maybe adult counter-programming, it was uh, th- that decision, but I feel like this movie had a really good chance, and maybe it still does, of having attention around award season. Yeah. If it had come out at the end of 2014 when it was ready, I mean, people saw it in 2014, like it was on some top 10 lists, mm-hmm. or being held until this fall or later in the summer or something, because I just think it's a movie that could have definitely gotten some attention from the people that make these voting yeah. you know, shows or whatever. And uh, I don't know. And the fact that Brian Wilson is like all in on it, like in, involved with it is just even better yeah. to me. So I love that movie. Let's definitely go ahead. All right. Well, maybe we should go ahead and wrap up this episode before cool. it gets too long. I can't think. I mean, I've anything else I've seen is I, I've been watching a lot of uh, been binging a lot of television lately, but not mm. really any any movies. I haven't no been more. haven't been getting out as much. But maybe we should do a, a TV schmeevy. Oh, absolutely. To talk about. Maybe at least by the time that Hannibal's wrapping up, we can do a little oh, bit Hannibal. of a moratorium on that on that uh, a memoriam, I should say. Yeah, yeah. a memoriam on. I'm, on I'm that definitely down for great that. Show. Definitely. But what are we doing next time, Steve? I don't know. What are we doing next time? What are we doing? Look into your crystal ball. (laughs) I think next time we're doing we're doing uh, actors directing themselves, okay, or directors acting in their own films. But I I found there's a lot of directors that pop up in cameos in their own movies, and I I when I thought about my list for this episode, I I don't know. I think it would only count if it were pronounced. Like it would have to be a notable part. If it's like. M. Knight or Alfred Hitchcock, it doesn't quite qualify. There goes my whole list. Because those those guys are sort of inconspicuous. It was all M. Knight. But yes, we'll be talking about <laughs> actors who direct themselves in movies, and I think we're doing something we don't always do. We're doing a top three and a bottom three, kind of. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about the ones that work for us and the ones that don't. Cool. I'm the excited. hubris on display when you put yourself in your own movie. <laughs> Which, you know, interestingly enough, and I guess maybe in the next episode we'll talk about this a little bit, but Steve's boy... Is about to pull oh, a, 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 a particular this... kind of trifecta that I don't know. I, I'm going to call it a quadfecta. Yeah. It is a quadfecta. It's a quadfecta, and we'll explain what we'll explain what boy, and we'll explain what makes it a quadfecta <laughs> right. next time on episode 140 of the Movie Schmovie Podcast, coming mm. to you courtesy of the Thundergrunt Podcast Network, <laughs> featuring Ronald James, <laughs> John Walker, and Steve Ritter, and their always amusing opinions about films which are most of the time a lot of fun to listen to for the whole family, no matter where you're from, no matter who you are. 
I like that. There you go. There it is. <laughs> There's our new sign-off. There it is. <laughs> I like it. it sounds... I could have kept going. I could tell. Yeah. You should have. It sounds like when you're watching something on a BBC and they're talking in between the shows. Yeah. They they, they tend to do that. Yeah. Like, this show is okay. Or like like a commentator on something where you can tell that like it's golf or something and they're just padding for time, you know, yeah. and they have to say, you know, his favorite uh, color <laughs> is purple. That explains his purple sneakers. <laughs> right. All yeah. right, guys. So, next episode. Right? Steve, you're gonna do the sort of don't, aren't, aren't we gonna do the kind of masthead <clears throat> stuff where you say like how to get in touch with us? Yeah, well, actually, we are officially on movieshmovie.com now. Congratulations! I mean, if you decide to still use the old one for the two of you that went to the website, <laughs> it will still take you to our brand new. It was me and Ronald. Domain. Going yeah, to the I'm talking to you two. <laughs> yeah, eye yeah. contact, guys. <clears throat> um, so yeah, movieshmovie.com, and we have the Facebook page, which is what we're mostly on. So uh, hit us up on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, that's about the two things that we do. Mm -hmm. So, uh, on that note, as always, you've made our day. Bye.